It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub with three locations one on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com and by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. That's right. And for all you folks that don't have Amazon Prime, well, join the old party. KT did not have Amazon Prime, but it's okay. You got buddies like Mark Hoke who made it into studio. He's got Amazon Prime. My buddy Angelo running the board. He's got Amazon Prime. And uh, all I got are Krivsky and Isco with me, for the love of God. What a tandem that is, I'll tell you. I mean, uh, Krivsky not allowed in Villa Pizza, so he wasn't able to join us. Uh, Ragusa made it there, which really brought the uh, the bill up and uh, the ratings down big time. But we encourage you to go to Villa Pizza right there on Durango, South Durango. They are a home away from home for our crew over here at SportsX Radio. We are live PSBR Law Studios, PSBRLaw.com. Check it out. The best in personal injury for a long time in SoCal. And now in their fourth year here in the Vegas Valley, 830-9353. You know the 702 already for Vegas, 830-9353. The best in personal injury. Strength by your side. The relentless pursuit of justice. May not need him now. May need him in the future. 830-9353. Now we got a full house Angelo, update me. Tell me the uh, the Chargers. Are, are, where are we at here? Because we got a minute 37 to go. And last we saw 27-17 Chiefs. Just now, Herbert, a pass to the near end zone, incomplete third and goal at the six. Oh, there you go. I'm sorry. Mark's got Mark's got the big screen over here, and he's pointing, and I have no idea he's pointing. So he's going to keep me updated as well. He's right here. Mark Ho, great to have you. No Orioles uh, bumper music tonight, so uh, Angelo's going to scramble for uh, one of these uh, songs that I'll have no idea who it is later on when we come back from break. Well, you know, you can't win if you don't play. I mean, I'm sorry. That's kind of how it works, Ken. But well, I, fourth you know, and goal. Fourth and goal for the Chargers. 27-17 Chiefs lead the Chargers. In the game that Casey really... Now, I know what a lot of people would like to see, but uh, the smart move okay. is you got to kick the field goal, get the points, and then pray for the onside kick, because if you don't make it... Well, it's too oh, late. They are going for it, and, and there is a it. touchdown. Touchdown well, charges. So with now, it. an but, extra point would make it 27-20, and that line closed at four pretty much everywhere here in the Vegas Valley. 27-24 it would make 27-24, it. right. What did how I say? How long have you been doing within, sports radio, Ken? How, how many points is it touchdown? Right now, they're within four. Hello. What's a, they need the extra point to be within three, right? 
supposedly. Yeah, okay. but that wouldn't make the score 27-20. 20, though. Yeah. That's there what you go. said. That's 27-24. Okay, good Can't deal. have another cookie. a big cookie. extra point right. for and a you, lot you of know folks. What? And, and here's the bad thing is I stopped drinking about nine and a half months ago. That's probably what's happening here, the cobwebs. But uh, KC's got the char- or KT has the Chargers against KC. Extra point is up and good. So 27-24, a minute 11 to go in regulation. Chiefs lead it. But, again, if you back the Chargers plus the four, you're okay right now. Don't know how many timeouts the Chargers have left. You know the onside kick will be coming. And uh, Mark only says says only one timeout. So, basically, if you have the Chargers plus the four, you want KC to recover the kick and the game's over, you'll get the money. Andy Isco, you laid three, so you're going to get a push. Yeah, I had three and a half earlier in the week, bought it down to three. It's such a key number. That's right. Got it. So, now, what would you pay? Minus 130 for 100 on that? I think it was 25. All right, you got a good good number. Usually, they're going to charge you uh, at least twenty cents more than the regular vig uh, if you buy. Yeah, they've gotten that key smarter over the years on that. Yeah, they have, and uh, uh, there's several shops that it's probably one forty. And I'm sure I'll get a text from Fez, and he'll let me know. Uh, by the way, tomorrow night, Friday football fiasco, KT and Brad Powers. I filled in today for TC Martin over on the TC Martin show. And did on, a very fine job. I, I appreciate that. KSHP, KT's old stomping grounds. Andy, you and I remember Brett Grant. Uh, I don't oh, think sure. I don't think I don't know if Mark was here when Brett Grant was running K Shop, and he did a great job. But a big sports guy, he was always on the air. But you know, got that radio shopping show built up to you know what it has been for a long, long time—a moneymaker over there at KSHP. And TC Martin does a great show. TC, of course, is the voice of the Las Vegas Aces, and they had a chance to wrap up a title for the city of Las Vegas, but that didn't go so well today, Andy. And, uh, you know, not that you're rooting against the Aces because you're not, but tonight you were basically because you took a shot on Connecticut at a pick'em or plus a point. Uh, I got him at pick'em. A couple, most places had Chicago minus one. There was actually. What about Connecticut? uh, Yeah, Connecticut, right. Most of them had Connecticut minus one. Uh, I think one place had the Aces minus one, and uh, one place had it at Pickham. It's just, it's just Connecticut uh, is too good of a team, too experienced, et cetera, to think that they would go down without at least getting one win. I mean, they did lose both games on the road. The first game was a very competitive game. Second game, not so much. Now, I don't know if I'll be betting on Sunday, but I certainly will be rooting for the Aces to wrap it up and not... Uh, leave home 2-0 and and return home 2-2. Two and two. Okay, so it'll be my birthday on Sunday. We're hoping they wrap it up then. We, of course, I, me, my family, my wife, my two brothers-in-law, we're all going to be at the Raiders and Cardinals game and looking forward to that for a Raider victory against Arizona to even up their record at 1-1. One and one. But lo and behold, <clears throat> is that a Wayne Krivsky sighting I see in the corner of What's the studio? What's going on, Ken? How are we doing? Look, you're looking all, you know what, let me just tell you that Donna... And I know I'll say fiancé, and you're like, look, I only have half a pension left, so I'm not going that far, KT. But, you know, <laughs> at, the, quite at, that good. At, the end of, at the end of the day, the cookie queen, because she makes the greatest cookies, and again, we were treated to the, uh, the Georgia... Georgia Delights. Georgia Delights. Yeah. I mean, those are... And you brought me a box of those. I did. I'm just thinking... You are some kind of spoiled no, man. No, it is. I am I'm big not time. sure you're deserving. But listen, I'm just telling you, you are looking younger every time you come back from Hotlanta. Yeah. So you're doing something there. Yeah. I'm just wondering, is it the Botox? I mean, what, what's it all? No. What, what are you doing? Nothing all? artificial, I think, hot, I think it's the hot springs. Yeah, it's nothing artificial. No, I, I am what I am. I'm you are, a, you are who you are. You are who you You are who we thought you were. Right, to, Dennis Green. Trying to pick right. a winner or two. You know, once in a while, mixing a winner. That that keeps me in a good mood. Well, he, he did good today because you used my Mets with the White Sox, and that turned out okay. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota and the White Sox. Well, yeah. 
Uh, now, Mets in the White Sox, yeah, and you said you had... No, uh, no, no. Mets, Houston, St. Louis hurt me in a three-teamer. So uh, I had the yeah, Mets in a three-teamer. Okay, so, so it's St. Louis. Let's, play, let's blame Rob Rishi and John Strun as Cardinals. Don't blame the Mets, because the Mets finally beat a team well under 500, which due. is a rarity for them. Yeah, and they've had a tough patch here with weak competition. They haven't taken advantage of the schedule. It's uh, As a Mets fan, but Marco, got a game Marco can relate to that, because... You know he's. His uh, Orioles are hanging in. They are hanging in there, and yeah. they're they're beating the teams well over five hundred. But they uh, seem to play mediocre ball against the weaker teams. Mark, uh, where'd that come from? I don't know. I just I think that was I'd right out of his rear end. They just, sure they just took two from Washington. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did take two from Washington. <laughs> who, who, what mediocre team did we play? <laughs> You're right. Washington doesn't qualify as mediocre. They qualify <laughs> as bad. That's right. Well, except when they're playing the Mets. They did take two in a row from us last, uh, about 10 days ago. Big so. series in Toronto. Oh, man. Oh, sir, you got to get go. all three of these. Well, what yeah, happened we last series? Uh, Toronto beat them, what, three out of four or two out of three? Uh, and what a what a horrible break that was for them. They beat them three out of four. Three out of four. Yeah, hey, that's pathetic. You're, yeah. Well, you go into a doubleheader and your starting pitcher gets sick. So it's it doesn't just affect the first game; it affects the second game. And he they couldn't you know Lyles got sick, couldn't pitch first one. They were going to try and have him pitch the second one. He was still sick, and they had to go to Keegan Aiken, who volunteered to come out of the bullpen. I'm just well, Ken. Oh, if this were your if this were your I Mets, help it. I had to if wait this for were that. your Mets, you'd be. You'd be going off on a longer tangent than that, but that hurt. That, me, that, what a what a way to for the Mets. Yeah, that's about it. Thanks for thanks for coming in second right, in the uh, NL East. Let me hear it for let me hear it for the Let me hear it for the Orioles. Here's the Orioles anthem. There you go. All right. I am never letting you bring that thing into the studio. Again. <laughs> this is just great. Banned. And for $2.99, you too can have yourself your own little sound effects. Uh, by the way, this is the sound you did not hear if you were a Dallas Cowboy fan on Sunday. Yeehaw! That's right, because they were getting pummeled by old Brady and the guys. All right, uh, lots to go over. Aces get beat, so they're up two games to one. They'll play on Sunday. What do you think, uh, Criv? Uh, you know, you have a good, solid team that has the MVP in the league. They have the coach of the year. Two games to one now. Connecticut trailed Chicago, defending champions two games to one, came back one game four, and then went to Chicago and beat them in game five. So Becky Hammond, the Aces coach, who's outstanding, has to make sure that the ladies take care of business on Sunday because all the pressure to me, if they fly back to Vegas, is on Vegas big time. They're the favorite. That means you lose two chances to win a title on the road. So you got to take care of business on Sunday. What do you think? Yeah, impressive what they've done. I, I still like their chances if it goes game five at home court and all that. I still like their chances. What little I know about women's basketball. There you go. But you're you know, so, you're getting better. Yeah. Uh Mark you know, Coke. I, I root for the home team. Mark Coke, do they win game four on Sunday? Aces? I don't know, but they'll win the series. I'm not I, I wouldn't even be that worried if they lose game four. Andy really I'd be worried if they lose game four. Game three, yeah, they wanna win, but Connecticut knew their season's on the line. Their season's over. And that they gave probably as good an effort as they could possibly give. Hard to see them duplicating that effort on Sunday. As, as opposed to, I mean, the pressure clearly, well, I'm going to say the pressure is sort of evenly split because if the, the pressure's on Connecticut, they have to win or their season's over. At the same time, the pressure is on the Aces because if they don't win, then they have the total pressure or they'll have more of the pressure in Game 5 knowing that they had two opportunities to lock up the series and didn't cash in on either of them. So I think Game 4, the pressure is somewhat split. I'd say probably 
by definition, has to be more on Connecticut because if they don't win, you know, their season's over. If the Aces don't win, you know, they still have another chance, but they will have also blown two chances. Was an 18-point lead early for Connecticut. Las Vegas got it down to six near the end of the third quarter. Final score, 105-76, to a 29-point victory. That'll happen at the end of some games where a team climbs all the way back pretty much and then gets their finger stepped on, slide right down the ladder, and that the case tonight. The total in the game was 160, so the game flies over, hits 181, 105-76. Connecticut with the win, game four on Sunday, the 18th, KT's birthday. We'll get that in there. Uh, by the way, Marge, one of our favorite listeners here, KDWN, stops in Steiner's last night with not one little birthday bag, but two little birthday bags for KT. So, Marge, you're awesome. Now, I know she felt guilty because her Cubs were busy sweeping my Mets, so I said that. I go, hey, what is this? You're patronizing me here for with this birthday you know, disguise when really all it is is you're fitting. And she said, no, I, my Cubs are out of it. I'm actually rooting for your Mets. So, Marge, that's the true beautiful soul that she is love the lady and she always takes care of me and chris win she does not forget our birthdays and uh, made the trip down as did chicago bill and the greatest was that i'm walking marge out to her car right before the show's about to start and uh she says how's our friend from chicago and i go i go chicago bill i go i don't know he must be on the south side i haven't seen the guy in you know four weeks five weeks as i'm opening the door for marge there's Chicago Bill walking in Steiner. So they got to talk and reminisce a little bit. Marge, by the way, we're rooting for your wrist surgery, which is coming up tomorrow on the Friday football fiasco. So you'll be good to go get that wrist back in shape. But Chicago Bill, much thanks to you and Joanne, your beautiful wife. Appreciate you. And a shout out to Larry Ragusa. Without Larry Ragusa, KT would not be taken in that Raider game with his wife and family on Sunday. The Big Ragu joined us at Villa Pisa. We appreciate you, Larry. If you're out there listening, I know you either that or he fell asleep at his in his in his lazy boy chair watching Green Acres. Uh, but uh, you know, hey, and that's not bad. We'll we'll take that. You know, Green Acres got to watch a great episode the other day with it's Mr. Place, Haney. It's, it's the place to be. Yeah, <laughs> hey, wait, this was a classic though. It had Mr. Haney, Mr. Kimball, had Ralph. I mean, everybody was in there, man. Uh, even Arnold Ziffel. So everybody was there. Now Andy Isco, of course, Mark Hoke uh, in the Westgate. Super contest, you have to pick names. Andy Isco a couple years ago was Arnold Ziffel. Good for him. That's nice work. And I performed like a pig. There you, wow. Wow. Okay. But this year, I, you're I, feeling, I don't remember, but it was not This a year, you're feeling better because you have your entry as Granny for Possum Queen. There you go. One of the better episodes. And by the way, I think I may have mentioned once before, you know who was also in that episode in the Granny uh, running for Possum Queen? I'm Beverly Hillbillies. Sharon Tate. Really? Very young Sharon Tate in like 1965 or something like that. Very good. All right, Andy Esco going back. Now, Andy, usually you're the elder statesman when you do make it into the PSBR Law Studios, but Mm -hmm. not tonight. Not even close. Somebody's got you by 20 big ones. 20 hours? 20 hours. (laughs) Krivsky, the elder statesman. How about My that? God. And I'm looking younger and younger. Too. You are. I yeah. mean, I, I'm really amazed, Chris. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. It's got definitely. There's definitely Botox. Clean living in there. with a little Tito's. No, there's and little Botox. There's Botox in, you know? in there, Crib. There's no way that yeah. that forehead got rid of nine wrinkles like some, he did. Some Orioles crab cakes. You know. Yeah. That 
Little Jack that Daniels. does not make wrinkles go away. <laughs> that puts on fat rolls, baby. Uh, Kripsky. Uh, you're just you're just sucking up here with all these cookies. You're looking for more. In your oh, no, birthday. you know what, your by bir- the way, Your birthday Kriv, started a little early here. Kriv, you know what, by the way, uh, next Thursday you'll still be in town? I will. I will be bringing you your little 50 spot. Uh, I gave you the 150 yep. already for the Seattle bet, but the 50 okay. will be due by then. I've already as, spent it. Is, have okay. you already spent it on, on cookie batter for Donna? <laughs> Probably. Oh, no, he's spending, it, he's spending it on yeah. uh, lamb, lamb chops. chops. Yeah, <laughs> it's going towards the lamb chops, yeah. too. Those are now you're big not, lamb chops. You're, hey, you're, Craig, not going to be br- you're not going to be bringing it so that he can have a workout taking the 50 uh, rolls of uh, coins to the uh, car, are you? No. You're going to actually do it in paper. So next yeah. Thursday. I have a chance to clinch by next Thursday. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. And, and here's the thing. If you get there before 7 o'clock, the lamb chops are on happy hour special. Oh, nice. Take nice. care. You can take care of uh, Hoke that way. But yeah, look Buy me double. It's my <laughs> birthday tomorrow. It's his birthday Come tomorrow. On. Wait, okay. here's the great thing. Yeah. We taped the Friday football fiasco early on Friday. Uh-huh. And so Brad so Powers Brad and Powell, I will yeah. be early. So we got to deal with Hoke early on his birthday. But at least he's off tomorrow night, which mm-hmm. is great because it's going to be a big-time surprise party that Amanda's – oh, I'm sorry. His daughter Amanda's planned a big-time surprise party. It'll be big time. Uh, everybody will be there. Uh, just come through the garage. Uh, inside joke there. Mark Oak. Wow. <laughs> Don't even get me started on that one. Holy buckets. So you're building him up for a surprise party. The surprise is to be that nobody will show up. Well, no. There'll be several people there. That's usually how it goes. <laughs> several people, none of whom he'll know, but they'll be there because the door will be open with a little sign. Enter at your own risk. <sighs> I don't want to tell the story on the air. Okay, we can't. Can. We cannot can. do it. No. It's just great stuff, though. No, no it's seriously. horrible. I know, but it is great, though, for humor, for you and I. No, there's nothing humorous <laughs> about it. There's nothing humorous well, about it. Well, now you have to tell it. <laughs> oh, no, this is like uh, Dana White. Yeah, on no, the, uh, my, yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to spill the guts, man. We're my, on the Gronk show. My daughter was brilliant enough to leave my garage door open twice, and the second time after we'd already been scoped out by someone flying around our development, about uh, a bicycle and two thousand dollars worth of audio and visual equipment, most of which I've had protected for the last decade. See you later. Well. This is where so, Rob Rishi comes wait a minute, in. Do, do porn films count as audio and visual equipment? <laughs> hey, now. Really? He, That's look, in a separate place. Hey, hey let's go. Listen, it was actually $5,000 worth of stuff, but he didn't claim the 3000 in porn. <laughs> it's only the other 2000 He felt a little guilty it's, there. That's all on my laptop. You don't, we don't need to go there. Okay, Hunter. Easy. Jeez, <laughs> we got to be nice. That is the laptop that allowed us to watch the game tonight. <laughs> yeah, we know all about laptops and porn. Uh, don't worry about it. The FBI is, will not do a thing. Isn't this You're a sports show? It's supposed to be. If you guys would let me speak a little bit, I'm going to give the Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. There's scores? One game to go. Right oh. now, Arizona 2 nothing, leading the Padres. Glad I didn't take Manea. Uh, looked at the oh, Padres there. Lately. Yeah, he has. He's he sitting at seven and eight. But the Padres were a big favorite, minus one fifty. That's one of Arizona's top prospects, that Jamison kid. Yeah, there yeah. you go. And uh, you know, the only Jamison uh, you know, you know, of course, is the porn, porn. star since we were talking oh, porn. Of the guy and also Carolina. the and also the uh, I, bourbon. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. bourbon and porn. I mean, this is this is the way this th- throwback Thursday is going right now. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't even gonna go though. I was be just, thrown back. I was gonna stop with Jameis and Jameis Winston. All right, well, good. Well, we're all going to bet on the uh, Saints against Brady, right? Uh, KT's learned his lesson going against Brady. It's going to cost you money most of the time. So I have beaten him, I think, twice so far in my life, but uh, got burned last Sunday. 
I will get into the football with you guys because that Dallas team, my God, even with Dak Prescott in there, doesn't get much worse than that. Uh, that is the only game still going. Arizona 2 nothing over San Diego. That is in AZ. Top 7 in Phoenix. Final, Chiefs did beat the Chargers 27-24. Game stays under the total. Opening total 53, closing total 52.5. Hits 51. Chiefs close is minus 4, so they do not cover. They did open at 3, 3.5 right away. And uh, or they open at three and a half, Andy. I think they opened at three and a half with a little juice. I believe it was three minus twenty. Okay, so some places because uh, I'm I'm showing it here did not last long. After, uh, of course, keep in mind how Kansas City impressively looked against the Rams. No, and, Kansas City played. I'm Arizona. So, sorry, uh, against uh, Arizona. I was thinking of Buffalo and Rams. Kansas City were against the Rams at the time that the uh, uh, the um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, the Chargers were beating the. Beating how many the fingers Raiders. am I holding up, Andy? 16. All right. All right. Good. Good. Close enough. All right. Great. Get, get back in the game. That's great. Uh, Miami 5-3 uh, behind Lopez. Beat Philadelphia. Phils have been playing good ball. Syndergaard doesn't come through tonight. Alert the media. The Mets 7-1. Beat somebody well under 500. The Pittsburgh Pirates and Brubaker uh, behind Carlos Carrasco, who has struggled in his last two outings but was solid tonight. 3-2 to two, Cincinnati. Gets past St. Louis and uh, Michael is getting beat. And that costs Krivsky a three-teamer. Uh, 2 nothing as we told you. Arizona will continue to watch that game. American League, 11 nothing. Tampa over Toronto was 6 nothing or 5 nothing. 6 nothing. 5 nothing. 6 in the ninth, I think, 11 nothing. Uh, as the Rays continue to climb towards going over that win total, which will cost Krivsky some more lamb chops. Uh, Mix in a winner, to- why don't you? <laughs> Five to two, McCullers in Houston beat Oakland. He did. He mentioned Somebody, the Mets. They ought to just call you sandpaper. You know, hey, you call know, you Cam sandpaper. Gore, Cam Gore has done that before, my hockey guy. He says, you know, KT, if you show some grit, man, it's kind of like having a little bit of sandpaper, man. Hockey team's got to have sandpaper if they're going to win a Stanley Cup. Three to two, Minnesota slips past Kansas City. Kriv had that one. But that only gave him two out of three in that parlay. <laughs> two out of three, <laughs> bad. Unless it's a parlay. Me, Meatloaf left the uh, yeah. the second half of that sentence. So I, I'm almost feeling for and the, and the And the White Sox, the White Sox did beat Cleveland. Good thing I got half a pension. <laughs> well, you had. You had half a pension. Wait, you can be on my show now. Uh, you know I'm thinking the fiance is looking to cash in for uh, common law. Uh, might be down to a quarter real fast. <laughs> Lance Lynn and the White Sox make Chicago Bill a happy camper eight to two. They quadrupled up on the leaders in the AL Central, the Guardians, and we gave you the Aces score. Not a good one. Connecticut, the Sun one hundred five seventy four. Look at the Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out of town scoreboard, and uh, got a couple minutes before break. By the way, Angelo's running the board, which means we're all in trouble. Mark, I mean, I know you've trained him. That's not really helped much. I cannot. Do anything after they leave my my stead. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, he's in there. You know, he's having a good time. He is. He likes the colored buttons, and he'll press them on occasion. You know, so we just hope he gets yeah. one out of every three right. Yeah, keep be, us on the air. That'd be okay. <laughs> exactly. So even though there's no inclement weather, if you hear the uh, the weather warning. Courtesy of Angelo tonight on a throwback Thursday. Ken Thompson, Wayne Krivsky, Andy Isco, Mark Hoke. It's like, you know, I feel like Jim Lang, bachelor number one, bachelor number two, (laughs) bachelor number three. My God. And who's the unlucky date behind the freaking, it's Angelo. All right, great. And sitting there by himself. Good stuff. All right. uh, If you were an animal, what animal would you be? (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) There you go. He's reminiscing right there. That's good. If we could go on a first date, what do you you think would be the best date to take me on this was a sports show right uh, is he talking At one about time was he talking about felix he said you, me on 
If it could have been. Yeah, there you go. Or Mion Italy. Number? <laughs> number? Uh, Felix Mion was number I give 19. You no, no good. I was going to give you a hint. I was going to say, we're the same number as Elmo Wright, a wide receiver that wore 17. A, 17. There yeah, you go. Close, Very man. good. All right. Now I you're getting into my age archives. bracket. That's you know, good, though. You knew younger. Elmo Wright. Yeah, I'm, I'm, more, I'm more impressed with that than yeah. your baseball. Than knowledge. my 0 and 3 in baseball today, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Krimsky, by the way, has spent 41 years of his life in the big leagues. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, we do have some great trivia later on in the show because these guys all know their baseball. So KT is going to throw some questions at them oh, a little God. bit later. That'll be great. If KT only can remember the answers, it'll be even better. How about uh, remembering the questions? Yeah, well, that, forget that. We're not going to. This way, the answers, I have a chance. If I don't know what the question is, you know, I'll have a shot. You know, Roddy Piper used to say when I, you know, when I, everybody thinks that they know the answers, I change the questions. <laughs> I did love Roddy, man. He was in, he was in that can, case. Can I give a wrestling plug real quick, by the yeah, way? Yeah, by, by the Just way, I, fast, well, please, uh, because mind. the Mark Huck Show is coming up it. Sunday, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. It's the number one rated show in the Vegas Valley. Mark Hoke, what do you got for us? I got a very special guest on Sunday. Sunday I just pulled off. B. Brian Blair, the Killer Bees, is going to be on. And if you don't know, and part of the reason he's coming on is the, Cal- the Cauliflower Alley Club is having their 56th annual reunion at the Plaza in Las Vegas. And they're a charity that helps out wrestlers who may have fallen on hard times financially and so on. It's a great organization, and uh, we're looking forward to having B. Brian Blair on the show. And I never, you know, doing more research, I didn't realize some of the people he wrestled over the years. It's going to be fun. So we'd love to have you tune in and check that out. Now, when you're talking wrestlers, you're not talking about. High school Pennsylvania wrestlers no. at 158 no. that need help? No. I thought maybe not. you may fall into that category and get a little payoff there. I never made I was never wrestled at 158. Well, I thought you were six. What? No. <laughs> What's your issue? He's <laughs> six years old. He's wrestling 158. <laughs> Why are you a terrible human being, Ken Thompson? Don't you... Should we so just throw them out? I can host this show. <laughs> oh, great. I got it. We already had that. We already had that. I, I looked yeah, at that particular. Yeah, you see the ratings? Yeah, ratings? I saw lowest, ra- lowest, ra- lowest rating sports X radio show of all times. I've got the uh, the archives and the three listeners that did listen, and that included Amanda, who had to listen. She had no choice. I mean, that's Mark's daughter, by the way, uh, you know. Is what it is, but that was also on a Throwback Thursday. It wasn't, it wasn't three, for by Krisky, the way. If it wasn't for Krisky and Donna listening, there it no, is. No, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't three <laughs> listeners. It was two listeners, one of whom had two radios the on. There you go. It was probably Isco turning one radio <laughs> on top of the other. I got one in the bathroom, one in the living room. Here we go. All right. So, Mark, when you're doing your show and you do have, you take calls from callers, is that the classic, though, when people have their radio turned up so they can hear themselves and there's the 10-second delay and they have no idea? They're listening to themselves ask the question and sense around. I don't take callers on my show. I've rarely done it. You know why? For that, scare that reason. Me. Scare <laughs> For that reason, especially in <laughs> Vegas. And the thing is, in Vegas, his show's 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. They're still drinking heavily at that time. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Mostly hungover, which is just not good. 
There you go. All right, uh, we're going to take a break. Come back and uh, pay some bills. Well, we're going to pay some bills, then we're going to come back and we're going to get into some football. Again, the uh, Thursday night game, big time win for Kansas City. They go to two and zero. The Chargers drop to one and one off the win against the Raiders. Raiders have a big game Sunday right here at Allegiant Stadium against Arizona. Going to go around with some of the NFL games with the guys. We're also going to get into Major League Baseball. Look, Mark Hoke's Orioles are not out of it. We're looking for them to make one of these runs that they made about a month ago. They had a couple really solid wins streaks, but uh, have not really done that over the last, say, three, four weeks. So we'll see if they can get a win streak together and climb back and give Tampa Bay, Toronto, and Seattle a run for their money as they try to get back into that wild card race. The Mets going to try and hold on for dear life in the NL East, up their lead in the East now to a game with Atlanta being idle today. And uh, they are tied, though, in the loss column. The Mets have played two more games, and they have two more wins. So uh, we'll see how all that pans out. We'll get the experts to weigh in on how they feel uh, things are going to go down the stretch. Major League Baseball, SportsX Radio, we roll at you Monday through Friday. Friday, 8 to 10 p.m. right here, 101.5 on the FM side, 720 on the AM side. Before I go to break, Preventive Diagnostic Center, I've got three guys that fall in that demographic that they should have gone there. Wayne Krivsky, congratulations. Bachelor number one, you did make it there and took care of uh, checking out your uh, organs and making sure that you're in good health. And that's because we're fortunate. Dr. John Pierce has the only scanner of its kind in the region that gives you that early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart and lung disease and cancers. It is the Preventative Diagnostic Center. You can call now, leave a message, get that free educational consultation. 702, you got down. 534 7900 534-7900, 534-7900. You'll let them know KT SportsX Radio sent you. Comfortable scan takes a couple minutes. A couple days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. Now get down there, Mark Hoke and Andy Isco, and make sure you get that heart CT scan and calcium score. I don't need any of you guys dropping on me on the old widow maker, that artery clogging up. So get down there, your significant other absolutely free. So two of you for a total of $125, $600 value per person. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Call the Preventative Diagnostic Center again, 534-7900. You want to see the scanner? Any other details? PDCenterLV.com. Angela's going to take us to break. When we come back, we'll have some unrecognizable music from at least the four of us in here on the bumper because I gave Angela free reign. We'll be right back live from Vegas. little dance music coming back. Angelo, go ahead. Clue us in, man. I know the song, though. I, I mean, I've heard it before. One More Time by Daft Punk. There you go. I See, I, I didn't know who it was, but I knew the song. I've heard that song before. That's a good choice right there. Coming back on a throwback Thursday. Andy Isco already had it written in as his final answer for Jeopardy. Uh, he would have got it correct. Wayne Krivsky also would have got it correct. And Mark Hoke would have gone home in last place. Do you have any idea who that was, Hoke? Yeah, actually, I did, but... I probably would have put down something like uh, Kaja Gugu. But you knew the song right away. Yeah, I knew the song. Right. I've heard. Mark, no, Mark, you are pretty good on music. I would say this. He's very well-rounded, genre-wise, and, uh, and knows his music. Casey Kasem, baby. There you go. That's right. Marco, Casey Kasem, running America's the show. top 40. Not, not bad, Esco. Not, Side not for a bad. long distance. <laughs> Dedication. <you. laughs> pretty good. All right. Uh, again, the big story of the night, Aces Lose. Uh, so they'll try and wrap things up against Connecticut again on the road and a tough one for owner Mark Davis. Yes, he owns the Las Vegas Aces and his Raiders will be opening up on Sunday as far as the home schedule here at Allegiant Stadium against the Arizona Cardinals. And, uh, you know, it's tough for Mark Davis to say, hey, I'm flying back to go to the Raiders opener when they're playing at the same time. 
and he's already there in Connecticut, and his team, the Las Vegas Aces, one win away now still from a title. So I'm sure he'll stay back there in Connecticut. And then, you know, KT will be there at Allegiant Stadium taking care of business on his birthday, making sure that yeah, the maybe Raiders he'll, win. he'll sit in for Mark Davis. Maybe he'll get his suite. That, you know, he may uh, dedicate that to me at any time. Also, a couple Raiders making their debut at home, a couple rookies. Zeus, Zamir White coming out of Georgia, good solid running back, and Thayer Munford, good offensive lineman, seventh-round pick out of Ohio State. Both those guys and on the roster. what do they have in common? It's their birthdays as well. And so they will be playing their first home game as a Raider on Sunday on their birthday. By the way, the Raiders do play at Pittsburgh on Christmas Eve. Jot it down. Devontae Adams, his birthday on Christmas Eve. So KT kind of looking inside some of these little intangible uh, key factors. How is that an intangible? It isn't an intangible. If a guy has a birthday on that day, you know, how about two guys on that same day? Just stuff works out. But doesn't it, doesn't it add up to a point you don't care? No. No, I, I take these things all into consideration I, well, I when weighing it. things out. That's why you lose. But no, anyway, actually, no, KT is pretty good. So. I'm kidding. No, that's okay, Mark. That's I'm, all right. I'm that's kidding. Why. It's all right. That's you. Just sit back there and uh, enjoy your lamb chops. I'm hanging with you, Ken. I'm That's hanging right. with you. Oh, because, because okay. after the game in the post game press conference, they're going to ask uh, Derek Carr what was the key to winning. And say we had two of our, our younger players. There's birthday today. We want to give him a present. No, he's not. He's going to say uh, Ken Thompson, uh, that guy up there, right there. See, see him over there in that seat. It's his birthday. And he also pointed out to me. I know they're my teammates, but I had no idea it was Zeus's birthday and Thera Munford's birthday. Good thing I listened to SportsX Radio on a Throwback Thursday with Ken Thompson, Wayne Krivsky, <laughs> Mark Hoke. What a transition! Exactly yeah, I'm telling you, doesn't get much better than that. Good reset. All right, Ken. so there you go. So let's go and uh, real quick, just update is three nothing now. Arizona over the Padres have gone to the top of the eighth as uh, the Padres still battling. Um, we're going to get into baseball, but they're still battling wild card wise. Milwaukee hanging on by a thread. And uh, otherwise, it looks like it's going to be San Diego, and it's going to be Philadelphia, and it's going to be Atlanta, hopefully. And yeah, Atlanta not the or Mets. New York. Right. They have a key series right towards the end of the season in Atlanta. Three games in Atlanta. Yeah, it'll be uh, fun. I think I'll send Krivsky back there to Atlanta and uh, have Donna put a little something extra in, in those cookies. cookies. That's right. And Serve send those to right Braves. to the Braves. That's exactly right. You already were on the same page. Yeah, my go pass good. will probably get me a standing room only. <laughs> there you ticket. go. That's right. You'll be good to go there, Crib. All right, so we've got some football coming up tomorrow night, a couple college games, and, you know, some decent games, you know, for a Friday night. Florida State at Louisville, really going to be a good one. Andy, I played Louisville. I took them on the money line. Uh, they're two and a two point dog now. They were two and a half point dogs at home. They looked real solid in their last game. Got beat thirty one seven in their opener to Syracuse. But I think the Cuse may be better than people think. Fifty seven the total. Florida State comes in. Florida State very fortunate to hold on and beat LSU. And I'm not knocking Norvell's team. I think they're good enough to go into Louisville and take care of business. That's why they're a favorite. But I just like the way the Ville looked in that last game, winning in Orlando against Central Florida. Didn't play the game. Not sure I will. I. I keep going back and forth on that one because I do like the Florida State roster. I like the Louisville quarterback. Uh, then again, um, I was one of those who was on Syracuse in that opening game. I did not uh, think that, based upon recent seasons, Louisville deserved to be uh, favored on the road. Key uh, key season for the Syracuse coach, and that may possibly explain uh, why they got off, why they've gotten off to such a good start. Uh, you know, talent tells me. Florida State quarterbacking tells me Louisville. I like the Louisville coach. I'll probably pass the game. 
Those these are two teams that I'm looking to play on at various points during the season. Mark Hoke, I know you're a big NFL guy. How big a football guy college are you? I know you love your Penn State Nittany Lions, but do you follow all the college? I I mean, I know North Dakota State, of course. I think I'm pretty thorough on my college in general. Okay, do you have an opinion on that game? I, with Andy, I I don't think I really want to touch this game. This is such a coin flip. you could you could wake up in the morning and see either of these teams winning by two touchdowns and you wouldn't be shocked. So I'm I don't know. I I like Florida State to win the game, I guess, but would I bet it? Not a chance. Kriv? I'm with you on Louisville, Ken. I like the it's their first home game. I like Malik Cunningham a lot. I was impressed they bounced back the way they did at Central Florida after that debacle in Syracuse. They I like Syracuse in that first game a little bit, being a home dog. Uh, but never thought Louisville be held to seven points, right? I was surprised by that, yeah. Um, but they bounced back real well on the road. This is their first home game. Malik Cunningham, I, I, I trust him a little bit. So I'll take the hopefully get three somehow, but maybe not. I'm starting to be of the opinion that, that the Central Florida program is sort of in a um, slow decline. I agree. Over the last few years. I mean, lost a couple of good coaches, although Scott Frost, I mean, it didn't work out for Dylan him at his alma mater. Yeah. Dylan Gabriel, yeah, he's mm-hmm. over there at Oklahoma. He's got a big game coming up against Nebraska. Speaking of Nebraska, Oklahoma will be there with Dylan Gabriel as their quarterback. We'll get to that game. Air Force in Wyoming, Mountain West. You know, the Pokes have found ways to win games they probably shouldn't have, especially against Tulsa. Uh, the opener, they got just hammered big time by Illinois. They're at home on a Friday night in Laramie. Now, if it was, you know, the end of November, you know, maybe I look at them a little closer when it's going to be like 12 degrees. But uh, Air Force, they just run the ball well. If you looked at the box score of their last game, Air Force, against Colorado, I mean, here it is. Hazeek Daniels, their quarterback, one of five for eight yards. My goodness, you're going, oh, they lost. No, they rushed for eight, 435 yards. Brad Roberts Check had 174. He's a just a stud. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, 16 and a half, they are favored at Wyoming. It's a lot of points, but this Air Force team is relentless. They keep coming at you. But the Pokes on a Friday night in Laramie, I just think it's going to be a game that's going to be right around that number. So I'm going to stay away. Wayne? Not a game I'm interested in. I love what Air Force is doing. The older team, a lot of seniors, they do what they do. A lot of experience. They're an impressed. They're, they got a good shot to win them Mountain West, I think. Troy Calhoun, an outstanding coach year in, year out. Andy, what about it? Yeah, and given the uh, recruiting restrictions or limitations, probably more accurate, that, uh, that go with uh, attending the Air Force, you would think that uh, laying as close to 17 on the road is laying a big number, and that's what concerns me. Can't find all that much to recommend Wyoming. So if I were to play the game and the line were 17, if I were to play it, I'd take the points, but I would do so very reluctantly, and that would be more of a case of, I just can't lay with a running team that many points on the road. Yeah, I need some fluky things to happen. Last week I took 17 with New Mexico against Boise, and it was a prayer. Got a 100-yard kick return that pushed the game for me. So fortunate there on a Friday night. Titus won a good solid running back for Wyoming. Peasley, the transfer quarterback from Utah State, having a tough go of it. Mark Hoke, any take on that game? Air Force minus 16.5 at Wyoming, 47 the total. Boy, Craig Bowl might kill me. He might kill me when I say this, but... This Air Force team is pretty darned good, and I hate to say it, but I think Air Force is going to blow them out. That Air Force team is so impressive, and I think I wouldn't be surprised if they do win the Mountain West. They're a very talented group. I I mean, it's not something that I'm going to run to the window to, but I think Air Force is going to bury them. You know, I wonder, last week's game against Colorado, did that say more about Air Force, or did that say more about how bad Colorado is? Well, Colorado's bad, but, I mean, that is... That's a game, if you're Air Force, 
an in-state game recruiting and all that kind of They've stuff. They've always had to travel you know, too to Colorado. Right, this is the first time they know, got them at home too. That's in that, a long time. That is a huge. And that's only about what about a forty-five minute drive. A little longer, between, but uh, yeah, it's about yeah. an Boulder. hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that is a that's a major win for them, no matter what. Yeah. And and I I think the confidence is going to be sky high for them because I know Air Force was a very highly regarded team. At the start of the season, I forget that their win total was, uh, I don't know, was it about nine or something? Which is very unusual for the. It's it's one thing well, for a team no, to it was win seven nine. and a half when Brad bet Powers bet it. Okay. Yes, and he got it up Ooh, to eight what and a half. Great number. Uh, Brad mm-hmm. Powers, that was one of his biggest win total plays. He played them, I want to say he played them initially at seven and a half and then played them again big at eight. So, but he gave that out to his clients, and that was the one team college wise that I think he bet more is it money. still up anywhere now? Would it be up uh, they probably all come down other than, and I don't know of any places here in Vegas, I believe there's some offshore, that do adjust season win totals week by week. So they would, you know, if they were at eight and a half, and if they were at eight, How about the win a conference probably, type plays? Uh, they might those, still be yeah, up Yeah, you might, you might get that, might but like them, you yeah. said, you're going to pay total. for it now yeah. because they have flexed their muscles. I know it's early and they haven't played the toughest schedule, but they do look dominant. Mountain West does not appear to be a very strong conference no, this year. No, it looks like one of the weaker But that's years. not to take anything away from Air Force. What do we got? Air Force, Fresno? Anybody Boise. Else? Yeah, I, I, I would say this. I wouldn't put look, San Diego UNO, there anymore. UNLV is still dangerous right now. I mean, they lost to Cal 20-14. to 14. That came at Berkeley. Yeah, you know what had me on Cal in that game? Idaho State. Part of what I had on Cal in that uh, on UNLV, rather, in that game, the fact that if you remember last year, they went down to, was it last, I think it was last year, they went down to Arizona State and were leading that game, I think, in the third quarter as huge underdogs. They ended up losing, easily covering. That, that tells you that they have the talent to compete against a team that, you know, is mid to lower tier in the Pac-12. Pac-12, you know, are, are they arguably the fifth of the Power Five right now? Yeah, uh, there's no certainly based upon uh, you know CF, uh, CFP uh, you know uh, playoff appearances over the last five years. You go back, I guess you have to go back to uh, the earlier part of the of the college football playoff. Uh, USC I think was still around, but it may have been a little bit after that. And Oregon was really the team. Okay, so there is a big game for the Pac-12 this week. Now the Utah at Florida opener was tough because Utah, my opinion, they should have won the them. game. Well, they they outplayed them, but they gave up a ton of yardage on the ground. And Richardson, you know, had a big drive at the end. But when Utah is down three and you get inside the five-yard line, you still have just about a minute to go and you have a third down and goal and you, you know, you force a ball in there. And it may have even been second down, but you force a ball in there into triple coverage and it gets intercepted. I know you're going to a very solid receiver, but a lot of bad things can happen and one did and was intercepted. And when you're there where – Worst case scenario, you're going to kick a chip shot, 22-yard field goal, and put the game into overtime. You have to make sure that if you're going to throw the ball in the end zone, that you have one-on-one coverage or the guy's wide open, even if it's double, you know, whatever it is. You cannot risk that. And therefore, you know, the mistake was made. And, uh, you know, unfortunately. Kid made a great for, interception. It, yeah, yeah. No, there's no question. It was a nice play. But you're right. But it's a ball that Cam Rising should have never thrown. And they and, took it uh, out on cost. Southern Utah last week. Yeah, but no big deal. That's an FCS team. And, you know, scoring 60-plus points on an FCS team at home is not a big deal. Now, for the Pac-12, they get another crack at the Big Ten. Michigan State's going to go to Seattle and play Washington. Kalen DeBoer, former offensive coordinator at Indiana that knows the Big Ten really well, is going to be, of course, the uh, head honcho there for the Huskies. They had gotten a lot of money. The line had gone up to three and a half. It's back to three, last I saw. Huskies at home against Chris Wynn's Michigan State Spartans, who may be without their best receiver, who's really gotten off to a slow start anyway. 
but I wanted to get more coke. Let's go with your take. Who do you take? Washington at home, Seattle. It's going to be a, a 430 kickoff, I believe, locally up there in Seattle against Michigan State. Who do you like? I'm still looking at Michigan State. Wash, I'm not sold on Washington yet. I I think Michigan State is just too talented a team. I think they're going to go in and win that game. So, Andy? Yeah, I agree. I, I won't. I haven't played the game. Probably won't. If I were, I would uh, uh, looking to take at least a three. I don't know if we get back to three and a half. Uh, I'm not sold on Washington. I do like this Michigan State defense. Remember the strong start they got off to last year when they were not expected to do all that much in the uh, in the Big Ten, and uh, uh, they've gotten out to a to a nice start this year. Um, you know, and, and again, it's uh, I, I don't like to use just generalizations about Pac-12 versus Big Ten. But you do have to consider maybe the caliber of athlete and style of play and the opposition that those teams faced and will face. Uh, I, I, to me, the best unit on the field is the Michigan State defense. Jaden Reed is the receiver I'm talking about for Michigan State. And Peyton Thorne's a pretty good quarterback, Wayne Krivsky. Jacoby Winman, remember that name? Yeah, he's he had a few Vegas. sacks, a bunch of sacks. He's the other got name. five and a half. He's yeah. a Las Vegas UNLV transfer. Oh, really? So Didn't I mean, know that. And I, yeah, he was a key in their defense. Uh, last couple of years, he's already five and a half sacks. So he's, he's got uh, first few games against Western Michigan and Akron, but he is the real deal. I think this kid plays at the next level, and they have a good solid one-two tandem with Jalen Berger, the transfer from Wisconsin, and uh, Jarek Broussard. So Michigan State will be live. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. also knows all about uh, Michigan State because he played quarterback Indiana, at Indiana, yeah. right, and Kalen DeBoer, who's the head coach now for Washington, was his offensive coordinator there. They also have Wayne Talapapa, who transfers out from Virginia, pretty solid running back. They ripped up on Kent State, 45-20, and they crushed Portland State, 52-6. to McMillan's a pretty good receiver. Criv, what about it? I think Washington's going to win the game. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's enough points for me to take Michigan State or not. I, Washington, I think, is kind of a sleeper team. This is a good matchup between kind of Two teams that are in a similar spot in their respective conferences. I think I, I, uh, I think Washington with that crowd, it'll be jazzed up for that game. Michigan State coming in there. I, I kind of like Washington. If I had to play, I'd be looking at Washington there in a money line. I, I think. think it's going to be the biggest crowd noise that you'll have heard from Washington in a long time since Chris Peterson was there. Uh, still nothing like the Don James era. How many great teams they had there, but Husky football could be back. My good pal Lincoln Kennedy, of course who is the color commentator for a long time for the Raiders. He is a proud UW guy, and I know he'll be pulling big time for those Huskies. I will as well because I'll have money there. All right, got uh, just a couple minutes before we go to break. We'll duck one more game in. I'll get your take, guys. And uh, let me go Oklahoma-Nebraska. Oklahoma with Dylan Gabriel, Eric Gray, the transfer, good solid running back. And, of course, Venables, uh, outstanding defense coordinator for years for Clemson, the head honcho there at Oklahoma. Playing Nebraska, they'll have an assistant uh, Mickey Joseph will be the interim coach replacing Scott Frost. Casey Thompson will try and lead the way. I'll start with you, Criv, on this one. Oklahoma, Nebraska, it's double digits. Oklahoma yeah. on the road in Lincoln. Can Nebraska get up and cover mm. the sucker? Yeah, interesting situation here with Frost out and all that. I, it's, it's a pass for me. I'm not going to get involved in this game. Oklahoma minus 1166. Andy Isco. If I wanted to play Nebraska, I'd be banking on a uh, fast start, an emotional start for them, which means if I were going to look at Nebraska, I might look first half rather than full game. I just think Oklahoma, uh, Lincoln Riley did not leave the cupboard bare when he bolted with his quarterback for uh, USC. There's a lot of talent on this Oklahoma team, and uh, you know oh, the two Oklahoma should finish 1-2 in the conference. Mark Hoke, it's weird because you know Trev Alberts, of course, could have waited 
till October 1st or after October 1st, and the buyout for Scott Frost would have been half of what they ended up paying him as far as the buyout. But Clay Hilton, Clay Hilton, the former USC coach, brings Georgia Southern in, and with 36 seconds to go, they score the game-winning touchdown in Lincoln. They gave up 642 yards to that Georgia Southern team. Can Nebraska somehow defensively slow down Dylan Gabriel in Oklahoma? Would you take the 11, lay the 11, or just stay away? I think that Oklahoma's going to bury him. I really do. This Nebraska team is just in shambles. And you you talk about that buyout. The reason that the buyout happened when it did, I think, is because you've got the Oklahoma game and you've got to try and salvage something there. You don't want to go into that what used to be a great rivalry game and get buried. But I just... I just don't see how Nebraska is going to even keep this thing close. I yeah, really don't. As, as concerned as you should be about what Georgia Southern did, even go back to that Northwestern game, and Nebraska seemingly had that one in control. So a change was needed. The sooner the better. And apologies for yeah. using that Fif- pun on the sooner. The sooner might be uh, the team to play this week. $15 million, $7.5 million. One of those weeks is a buy yeah. coming up to the buyout period. Well, and, and I mean, and come on. That's the thing. I would have kept Frost, and the reason I would have, because if you lose to Oklahoma, that's another way you can pin that on him as well and then move forward from there. Now yeah. you're going with an yeah. interim. You can't blame Frost. If Frost was still there, get... he's pretty good at losing by one score or less. I might take the 11. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Hour uh, number one in the books. Angelo running the show. We're live from Vegas Sports X Radio, 101.5 FM, 720 AM, KDWN. We'll be right back. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com and by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Hour number two, KT, live PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. You miss any part of the show, the archive's up by 11 o'clock Pacific time. You can catch it on Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Facebook, all that good stuff. Mark Hoke is with me. Of course, the Mark Hoke Show, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. You like professional wrestling, you love the Mark Hoke Show. It is Sunday morning. 
Mark uh, gets together with Fish Fane. He's got uh, who's the other regular Joe guy? DeFalco. Joe, yeah, Joe, and then, and then you have a special guest you just told us from Be Brian Bee. Blair, the Killer Bees. <laughs> We're mean, doing two hours this week, and Brian will be on <laughs> in the nine o'clock. Oh, Hoke sounds like he should be doing a professional wrestling show. Do you enjoy professional wrestling more than you did Texas Hold'em? Because you were pretty good on the poker side of things. Oh wow. Um, Boy, that's a tough question. Very, very good, Ken. Um, I actually, I think I'm getting more of a kick out of doing this show with professional wrestling just because it's something I've loved <clears> since <throat> I was a kid. But, I mean, doing the poker was great. I mean, top two of, top two favorite professional poker players. Friend-wise? Oh, boy. Not friend-wise, just guys, guys that you respect and that you enjoyed, you know, maybe their persona or, you know, just uh, you know, just talking about who, who doesn't have to be friend-wise. Man. So many of them. You know, I had a lot of fun with Chris Moneymaker. I had a lot of fun with Jerry Yang, too. Two really good guys. Moneymaker was was good. Uh, who who was who was the Jamie Gold? Jamie Gold. That was a classic that gets, year, though. But Because you'll never see hands like that ever in a million years to where he's telling me, yeah, no, no, I, I got kings. No, you had kings two hands ago. Yeah, you got kings again. I mean, it was just like ridiculous stuff like that. They made a rule. They made a rule that you can't do that stuff anymore. Oh, you Because of Jamie Gold. Wow. But, uh, you know, I actually got along really well with Jamie. Jamie sometimes has a reputation among players, but I I always, Jamie was always really nice to me, gracious with his time. You know, we still talk to this day. Good, good person. So Good stuff. At Mark Hoke Show, follow Mark on Twitter. At VegasAndy711, at Vegasandy711. I just say 711 because, you know, you're in Vegas. I mean, 711, little craps numbers. Andy, a long time, the logical approach, that's his own writing, but he's been a sports writer, sports handicapper, uh, sports better in Vegas for uh, three decades plus, AI. This is, uh, I measure it by the number of times I've been in the Super Contest, which has been every year that I've lived out here, so that's uh, year number 32. 32 out of 35, not too bad, Iska. And all 32 uh, different unique aliases. There you go. Of course, uh, you know, Arnold, people, Arnold people Ziffel's have, your favorite. People have, re- have Good memories because they remember one of one of the ones that actually was one of my personal favorites. It was in the 1990s, and it was, it was a description of the NFL during the early part of the 1990s. My alias was Run, Run, Pass, Punt. There you go. Good that stuff. Before hey. we got a lot, of, uh, the NFL finally wised up and we got uh, pass happy. Criv, I went with uh, Jethro Bodine and Jethro Tull as my two entries into the uh, Tull. Super Contest. Yeah. yeah, you got a lot of Jethro Tull on here in the breaks. Yeah, I well, noticed not that. as not as much, but uh, I do enjoy. Played I, a little locomotive breath, a little Aqualung, uh, Aqualung. but I enjoy. Yeah, I, I remember that on the old eight track in my. The, old eight, the, the green eight track. Yeah, yeah, the Jethro Tull ones. They were like that that Grinchy green Moody color. Blues. Moody Blues, uh, Christy like yeah. Moody Blues. Moody yeah. Blues, yeah. Motown, big Motown fan. Yeah, I love Motown as well. Really enjoy yeah. uh, Temptations, a lot of that good stuff. Yeah, I yeah. mean, music you could dance to and you Underrated could sing group along. Four Tops. Four Tops. Outstanding. Spinners. There you go. Yeah. Great stuff. All right, Chris Wynn probably uh, being the Motown City kid, probably enjoying hearing those names as well. Uh, let's I, know get- a, I know a name he doesn't like to hear, though, the Detroit Lions. Well, actually, he does. Actually, they're going to be all right. Listen, this is the first time. Hard I, knocks. How many? Hard knocks. How many? Uh, Andy, is it is it twenty five straight games at least that the? Uh, before, I think the last time they were that? favored was in uh, twenty nineteen, and they actually won and covered that game. BC. They they won. They were favored by two and a half. They won by three. That's very good. Twenty nineteen BC, the last time the Lions were favored, and of course there is a team called the BC Lions. They play in the CFL. Uh, but 
Yeah, they are favored in their game by a point and a half. We're going to get to the NFL, but let's go through some of the college. Uh, BYU could still be down one of their better receivers, who they missed against Baylor, but they found a way to win that game in double overtime. BYU goes to Oregon. Oregon getting dismantled in their opener against Georgia, uh, then an FCS uh, cream puff, so to speak. And uh, BYU is at Eugene at Autzen Stadium, Oregon minus three and a half, total of 58. Mark Hoke, any opinion? Scary game for BYU, I think. Oregon is just looking to kill somebody right now, I think. And that, that I think it's going to be a tight game. Um, you get three and a half. Yeah, you know what? I might, I might lean towards Oregon on that one. Oregon's minus three and a half. Yeah. Oregon minus three and a half. Okay, BYU Nakua, uh, who had a big game in their opener, but is an outstanding receiver. He missed last game, and Gunnar Romney has yet to play, and he's probably their best receiver. So those two guys, if they don't go, it's going to be tough for that BYU offense. And Hall, the quarterback, will see if they can generate enough offense to win uh, in Oregon. Andy Isco, you like anybody in that one? I almost equated with the Washington uh, Michigan State game where it's, it's almost like if Washington wins and covers, I think uh, Oregon will win and cover here. Both of those teams have Pac-12 games on deck. In fact, Oregon goes to Washington State uh, next week, so this might be a situation where uh, they may be preparing for conference play and BYU is just going in there as an independent saying we need to uh, we need to win to uh, improve our uh, bowl eligibility points, not being affiliated with a, uh, a conference. So I almost say that if you like Washington, you probably like uh, Oregon. If you like uh, Michigan State, you probably like BYU. I think that there's a connection between those two games. All right, Similar uh, point spreads also. Kriv, Bo Nix, the transfer from Auburn, will try and uh, get Oregon's offense in gear early against BYU. Pretty solid defense there yeah. for the Cougs. What's your take on this one? You yeah, I, I think BYU's the better team. I, I just think emotionally this is a tough spot for them coming off that Baylor double overtime win. That, uh, I guess what you, you said earlier, the two wide receivers, they didn't play last week either. No. Nope. If they can handle get over the emotional part and don't have a, you know, a letdown here, I, I think BYU's the better football team getting that many points. Uh, I would certainly look their way. I'm not impressed. I'm not a big Bo Nix fan. And uh, maybe I saw too much of that Oregon-Georgia game, that openers, to a little biased against them. But I'm impressed with BYU. There you go. I'm you know, you know, by the way, there's one thing with overtime games. You know, it makes like it's a, you're playing all the – you're playing three or four more plays if it's single overtime because you start on the 25 and you got three or four chances. You know, you take a look at a lot of the box scores and you'll see, you know, in one game a team may run, you know, 89 plays and and the opponent may may run 108 plays. That's worse than the, what you what you play in some cases, a, a game that even goes two overtimes. All right, great insight from AI. Mississippi State at LSU, that's a big one. I think more so for Brian Kelly, but can Mike Leach – keep the Mississippi State Bulldogs unbeaten. They came out to Arizona to Tucson and took care of business against the Wildcats last week. Mark, I'll start with you on this one. Will Rogers, pretty good quarterback, airing it out. It's got some good receivers and ducking and others. And then LSU, Jaden Daniels, the uh, transfer from ASU, going to try and get the Bayou Bengals a win. They did beat up on Southern last week, but they lost that tough one to Florida State uh, early on. Your take on this one, LSU, Mississippi State. Mississippi State is a slight two-and-a-half-point road favorite. Mm. Boy, this is this is two okay teams, button heads here. Boy, I'll tell you, I don't even know if I want to touch this game. I, I, this is one of those, this is one of those nights where you could see either of these teams just blow up. I mean, LSU is inconsistent. 
I mean, I, I guess if I had, if you you were putting a gun to my head, I, I mean, I'd be upset about that. But I'd probably take Mississippi State. Andy. Yeah, LSU's traditionally been very, very strong at home over the past half decade or so, making them an underdog against a team that's probably, I'd say, let's say if you want to call them equal in talent, maybe that's doing well. I do think Kelly's a better coach than uh, Mike Leach, so I might go with that as a an additional factor worth a point or two for the home dog. Chris? Kind of like LSU there. I, I, that quarterback from Mississippi State, I think he's a real deal, and they're going to come out slinging it all over the field. I, LSU's going to have their hands full, but I would look to them, I think. All right, we'll uh, keep an eye on that one. I agree. I think that's going to be a good game. I'll I'll hope LSU gets a win there so Ragusa will be in a good mood. Uh, let me move on down. And uh, Georgia, South Carolina, we went there. Let's go to USC and Fresno State. My boys from Troy, they're 2-0. and A win against Stanford, 41-28. Uh, Stanford fumbling a couple times when the game was still right there early on. It was a good, solid game. But then SC poured it on. Second half, Stanford got a couple, by the way, touchdowns and uh, came close. One more score, they would have covered that line, but did not. SC plus eight in turnovers, first two games. Travis Dye, the transfer from Oregon, 105 yards on the ground last game. Uh, Jordan Addison, the transfer receiver from Pitt, seven receptions, 172 and two touchdowns in that win last week. Kriv, I'll start with you on this one. SC minus 12 at home against Fresno State. Yeah, SC's been impressive so far for sure. Tough loss for Fresno last week. That could have been a... A nice, uh, nice win for them in Oregon. Uh, Oregon State. Oregon, Oregon State, State. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, I think they can stay with SC for a while. I don't know. That's that might be. Uh, they got the Jake Hayner kid, outstanding looking quarterback for Fresno. Uh, I think he'll keep him in the game against that still a little bit suspect defense at SC. But man, there's a lot of firepower on the other side. I'm I double digit. I don't know. I, I'll probably end up passing this game. I'm a little conflicted on this one. Yeah, and it's a high total, and rightly got, so. Well, 70, yeah, 74 and a half. Yeah. Uh, you talk about Fresno State. Hayner's got Mims in the backfield, Remigio, Kelly, and Cropper, good receivers. And Coletto was the kid that beat him on the final play. He is just one of those guys. He goes both ways there for Oregon State, but he is one of those guys that you know if you need an you know, a yard, yard and a half. It's kind of like Taysom Hill for New Orleans. He's going to get it. If he has to go through you, around you, doesn't much matter. And he did so uh, going around and through at the same time on that final play. And uh, Fresno State comes up short against Oregon State. But they're at SC. Andy Isco, your take. Caleb Williams has looked sharp there for his old coach at Oklahoma and now current new coach there for Southern Cal in Lincoln Riley. But Caleb Williams has lived up to the billing thus far, and he's got a hell of a receiving core to throw to. Again, the SC defense still a little bit suspect, but plus eight in turnovers. That'll help you win games. Yeah, and of course, uh, three of those turnovers were returned for touchdowns against Rice when they put 66 on the board. But uh, Lincoln Riley has uh, often been able to just pour it on an opponent. I don't think there's much in the way of recruiting issues here within California because Fresno State's going to – SC's going to get the players they want over a Fresno State. Fresno State will get a lot of good players, but those who couldn't quite make it to the uh, to the Power 5 team. So uh, if Fresno's going to be in this game, maybe I'd consider playing him in the first half. But I think ultimately USC wins by a margin. A little concerned about uh, uh, the comeback that Stanford made last week. But then again, that's a conference team, and there's you know some bad blood between Stanford and SC. I don't know if, if Fresno State would be capable of making that kind of comeback. I feel don't know that I'll play it, but I'd feel more comfortable with the SC side. Mark Oak. Yeah, I agree. I think I think I if this this has potential. If Fresno State, if they can step up a little bit, can hang in there, but. I, I think USC is just loaded. I, and Lincoln Riley's a great coach. I think 
the you know I think they're gonna you know it's eleven and a half. Yeah, I I think USC will cover that. All right, yeah, up to up to twelve a lot of places. So, uh, but still, it should be should be a pretty fun game at least for a while now. SMU is a pretty good offense. Uh, Sonny Dykes no longer there. Rhett Lashley taking over uh, for the Ponies, but they still try to air it out and uh, get points on the board. They have Tanner Mordecai, pretty solid transfer coming over, and you know they played North Texas, pummeled them forty-eight to ten after North Texas beat UTEP on the road to open up. Uh, North Texas, by the way, will be here to play UNLV. Uh, Maryland, it's uh, Talia Tugavailoa, uh, to his little brother, and he's been doing a real nice job there running that offense. Mike Loxley's got a team, and they are favored in this, or actually, uh, I believe, I think they were favored two and a half. Two and last a half. Year. Yeah. I, I like Maryland. It's one of my favorite plays. I respect SMU. I know they're a good, solid team, but I like the way this Maryland team is going. If, uh, if Tugavailoa doesn't turn it over, and I say the same thing about his brother when he's quarterback in the Dolphins. I think they have a great chance to win. I'm going to take Maryland. I already did take Maryland, and uh, I took them on the money line. I'll start with you, Andy, on this one. What about Maryland? I took uh, SMU when the game line went up to uh, three and a half. It's now back down a little bit. Uh, I just think they're the more athletic team. You know, Maryland is, is a team that's made improvement. You know, they started four and zero last year. And then uh, they struggled once they got into a Big Ten play, although one of those four wins to start the season was at Illinois. So, you know, they they clearly have upgraded the caliber of the program. But I like what I've seen out of SMU over the last few years. Uh, Sonny Dykes was able to recruit well, so there's some talent left on that team. And I prefer taking a team with a very capable offense against, uh, at best, an ordinary defense. I just think it's going to be a high-scoring game that totally reflects that so that uh, – uh, you know, you ha- if SMU is able to get ahead, I think it's easier for them to extend. Yeah, Maryland, a very young running tandem with Roman Hemby and Antoine Littleton, two freshmen, but they're doing their job so far. Mark Hoke, what about it? Can Maryland keep things going for Mike Loxley, or does SMU get a road win? I take SMU. I, I've just seen Maryland. They're they're improving, but they're not there yet. And I I just think SMU's got too much talent, too better better coaching. I I see SMU you know taking care of this. Kriv. Yeah, two good quarterbacks. Should be a fun game to watch. Like you said, a lot of points, high total. I, I I don't have a real good feel for which way I would go here. I might lean towards Maryland, but uh, it, it'll be a pass for me. There you go. Rasheed Rice, by the way, for SMU, outstanding receiver already, 17 receptions, three touchdowns on the young season. And uh, let me scroll on down, see if there's anything else to, to jump on. Am I missing any key games? Uh, we've talked on most of them. Toledo's at Ohio State. That's a big line for the Buckeyes. They do do, do get uh, Njigba back and also Fleming, so they'll have both uh, of their receivers that they were missing. Marvin Harrison Jr. coming off that big game last week. Ohio State's minus 32. Andy, let me start with you because Toledo's one of those teams over the years that has found ways to not only hang in games like this, but sometimes pull a stunner. They're not in the glass ball. They're in the horseshoe. But at the end of the day, it's still a decent Toledo offense year in, year out. What about it? 32 is a lot of points against Ohio State, and it's scary because uh, Smith and Jigba is back, and so is Fleming. So, you know, uh, Stroud will have all his components there uh, with Henderson in the backfield. And like I said, Marvin Harrison Jr., your take on this one? 
Yeah, I'd prefer to be on Ohio State in this one. I don't think we've seen the best of Ohio State. They've already been tested, certainly, that opening game against Notre Dame. Uh, Toledo has always been a very steady MAC team, but I think overall the quality of the MAC has declined in recent years. There was almost uh, Toledo was almost an automatic uh, conference or division champion in most years, and they've gotten some battles from teams like Western Michigan, etc. I'd prefer to be on it with uh, with Ohio State. If they come to play, they could put 50 up in this game. Mark? Yeah, I think Ohio State buries them. I, I can't see with Ohio State getting healthy and ready to roll. Yeah, I, I got Ohio State. Crave? Yeah, it, it's a pass for me. I usually stay away from these big uh, big spreads, so I'm out. Crave, let me uh, throw the last one at you because I like what Dino Babers and Syracuse have done early. We talked about them beating Louisville 31-7, and then they pound Connecticut 48-14. But Garrett Schrader's a pretty good two-dimensional quarterback, and Sean Tucker, outstanding. Uh, not only running that ball, but also receiving that ball out of the backfield. Can the Cues beat Purdue and Aiden O'Connell? They come off a route of Indiana State after dropping that opener in the waning seconds to Penn State in West Lafayette. Uh, Charlie Jones, the transfer receiver from Iowa, has paid dividends already. But Aiden O'Connell, he can wing it around. What about a Criv? Syracuse-Purdue yeah. should be a good one from the Carrier Dome. And that line... Uh, it's flipped, hasn't it? Yeah, think, you know, I'm trying to. I think I got Syracuse, Syracuse minus one and a half. Syracuse minus one I and a half. I think they were a dog at the open or yep. pick them, maybe. I believe they were. And right now, yeah, it's one and a half. They were a plus one. And uh, now you're seeing one and a halfs everywhere with the Cuse getting a lot of money in the last Yeah, I've been hours. impressed with Syracuse with the Schrader kid. You mentioned him, Ken, the quarterback, and then the running back. Tucker's been a solid player, too. So I. Big Ten team coming in there, Syracuse at home in the Dome. I mean, I I, I, I kind of like what I've seen out of Syracuse here. Uh, it's on my potential playlist, so uh, I think I'd, I'd lean there with the small favorite now. Andy totals up for uh, three and a half points, up to 60 from 56. Yeah, that seems a little bit high, but uh, I got my money out of Syracuse in that opener against Louisville. Not sure I wanted to uh, play again. I was I was I was uh, somewhat surprised they handled uh, Connecticut. You know, Jim Mora Jr. is a pretty good coach going back to the college ranks with Connecticut, but they were just overmatched. Uh, Purdue, not the same talented team that they had last year, but it's still Big Ten talent going up against uh, uh, mid to lower level ACC talent. I'll respect the linesmaker who opened uh, uh, Purdue one, so I would side with that if I'm going to play it. Now that you get the points the other way, Marco. Yeah, I, you know. A, a good friend of mine always said, go against what the public's doing. That's how you win. And I, I'm really surprised that everybody's jumping off Purdue. I know Syracuse is off to a good start, but I, I just can't see Syracuse winning this game. I, I, I'm on Purdue. I, I will point out one thing, though, that a lot of these early week line moves are sharp moves from those who attack the opening lines. The general public, as a, as a rule, gets involved within 24 hours of kickoff. Right. Good stuff. little tenderness, general public. Good stuff. Uh, Chiefs, 27-24, the final over the Chargers NFL game. Let's go to the NFL slate for Sunday. Ravens at home. They beat the Jets. They were outgained in that game against the Jets at MetLife, but they got it going as far as special teams and some big plays. Ravens minus 3.5 at home against the Dolphins, who were sluggish on offense. Kosicki only one catch for a yard. Uh, Tyree Kill had a nice debut with a bunch of catches for 94 yards, and the Dolphins Right now, catching three and a half, forty-four and a half. The game in Baltimore, and that's a major advantage, I think, for the Ravens. I guess we'll find out a lot about both these teams. Like I said to uh, people on the show today when I was doing uh, TC Martin show, that if the Dolphins go in there and somehow pull this game off straight up, off to a two-no start, they're going to turn some heads. Mark Hoke, let's start with you. Your take on Tua Tungavailoa going in there to take on Lamar Jackson and a uh, couple former Raiders that got let go. 
uh, from the Raider roster this year, and Kenyon Drake and Demarcus Robinson both right now starting for the Ravens. I think the heads might be turned away after this game. I like Baltimore. Solid team. I I just think Miami is is a mediocre team. They're they're probably gonna. I think they're gonna end up around nine wins. But I I I just think this Baltimore team is incredibly talented, and I I still think Cincinnati's the gonna the long haul is gonna be a little better than them. But Baltimore's still gonna be great. I I take Baltimore. Andy, yeah, I'm very high on Baltimore. Um, uh, maybe a little surprised that this line is three and a half instead of three, considering Miami has been the talk of. Uh, the handicapping and betting world really since the off season and when they acquired uh, Tyreek Hill and everybody's in love with Miami yet uh, they're giving him an extra half point. Uh, they're basically saying that it's almost uh, a pick 'em game on a neutral field. I think Baltimore is still the better team overall. I don't mind laying the three and a half. Chris, yeah, I'm I'm the same. I'm I'm uh, I'm on Baltimore here. Not that impressed with Miami. They got a fourth down. Touchdown before the half last week, and then a special teams touchdown for 14 of their 20 points. So uh, I don't trust two on the road going against that Baltimore defense. Uh, I won't. I'm worried about the hook. I'll I'll buy three uh, with Baltimore. Yeah, Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson, Tyree Kill. I mean, good salt receiving core. You got to get Kasicki involved in that offense, especially on the road. Two or two seventy and a touchdown. But the running game was non-existent with Edmonds and Mostert, 2.8 yards per carry. They'll have to do better than that. Now, Baltimore, all that said, they got out game by 150 yards by the Jets. So Jets ran many more plays. Look at it yep. on a yard. 17 See, more plays. Yeah. I don't look at it on total yards. I look more yards per play. And if you're passing 59 times like the Jets did, you're going to complete a lot of those passes. So I'm not concerned. You know, another thing, and this is, again, a broad statement that uh, I don't know how true it was in this game. Remember, when you score a defensive touchdown, that's one less possession that your offense gets. So sometimes the other team has more opportunities to gain yards. Uh, and so that's right. I mean, total yards is a good statistic, but it's not. It's almost like yards per pass attempt. What the heck does yards per pass attempt mean? Because you're including incompletions. I'd rather look at yards per completion. When they successfully complete a pass, how what's the average amount that they gain? So sometimes statistics can be. Um, misused in certain without the proper context that's a good call but Baltimore really did struggle uh to move the football really in the first half had a 10-3 halftime lead but a good solid third quarter by the Ravens put this one in the bank let's move on down Jets and Browns Browns at home minus six and a half against the Jets and the Browns got things going against Carolina then let them back in the game and uh fortunate to win the game there at the end. Wayne, I'll start with you on this one. The Browns minus six and a half, 39 and a half. But look, it's still a good, solid offensive line and a running tandem uh, that's as good as any in the NFL. And so that takes a lot of pressure off a quarterback like Jacoby Brissett, who's been a journeyman backup guy, uh, but is adequate and doesn't lose games for you. Yeah, it makes me a little nervous uh, laying six and a half on, on that type in this type of game but i certainly can't take the Jets, so it'll be a pass for me all right uh, you talked about flacco he'll try and get more from the running game but garrett wilson you know not a bad debut andy and they need to have skill position players like that the jets do but nick chubb kareem hunt talking about those guys and when you have miles garrett on the uh you know the back on end of that defense uh he and jadavian Clowney. uh garrett had a couple sacks three tackles for loss i mean it's going to put flacco under duress uh pretty much the whole way Cleveland, the, the side, do you like them minus six and a half, 39 and a half, or you stay away from this one? Uh, I wanted to look under the total, so I'll see what happens if there's any line movement in the total. Uh, I prefer Cleveland, but I'm also looking at Cleveland as a potential teaser team, tease down to minus a half or pick them. 
uh, see what other candidates there are out there that I'm going to feel comfortable with. And don't think that sounds like a sure thing, folks, because I had Indianapolis down to a half point on my freaking teaser, that 20 to 20 tie. Good Lord. Mark Hoke, <clears throat> you so take sorry. on, I know, right? The Jets and Browns. Uh, who do you like in this one? Six and a half, Cleveland the favorite. I like the people that don't go to this game, don't watch it, and don't care. This is this is going to be a horrible game. I, I wouldn't touch this. They're just too bad, unpredictable teams. Well, I, so. I was impressed with Cleveland last week, considering all the internal issues that they had to deal with the quarterback and situation. They played a very good game against Carolina. Yeah, and the one thing, and the one thing is, they are a good running team, and that's very important in a pass happy league. I just, I just don't think getting involved in this game is a good idea. All right, we'll see how things pan out. The uh, Browns did have four sacks, five tackles for loss in that win last week against Carolina. Uh, We've got the Commanders off a win against Jacksonville. They're at Detroit. We talked about this game. Chris wins Lions. Yes, they are a a one-and-a-half point favorite, down to one in a couple places, total 47-and-a-half, 48, up to 48-and-a-half some places. So literally shop around sometimes that half point, and a lot of times that point can come into play. Uh, what about the Lions? Jared Goff, Wayne Krivsky, total forty-seven and a half. Can they take out the Commanders in yeah, Carson Wentz? Tough game. These, there's, this card, this whole week is is tough for me. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't have a good feel for this game. I, I uh, uh, might lean the Lions here, but uh, probably not enough to play it. Ron Rivera's boys. Uh, they are on the road. In Detroit, Andy Isco, who do you like? Do you lay the the points with the Lions? I didn't lay points with the Lions. I took them on the money line. Uh, which quarterback do you like less, Jared Goff or Carson Wentz? Uh, I actually like Detroit in this game. They did last week what they did last year. Remember, they were down big time to San Francisco in the opening game of the system. Was like season was like 38-33, and they did not quit. They continued to play hard. And they did the same thing last week. They were down twice by 17 points to Philadelphia and made managed to pull within three. And they showed throughout the balance of last year, they play hard for this coach. And eventually that hard playing is going to turn into some wins. And this is a favorable situation for them. You're basically asking them to win the game against uh, a Washington team that is little is expected of. Remember, the Lions, I think their win total is like six and a half. I think Washington is seven. Based on last year, you'd think Washington's the better team. But, you know, the Lions makers uh, aren't dumb when they put up a season win total of six and a half. So they have to believe that some of the, the hard play that last year came resulted in tough losses will turn into close wins this year. I'll I'll be on Detroit, but then again, with these two teams, it might come down to a made or missed extra point. All right, I'm all in that says uh, let's use our poker analogy here and say that Mark Hoke has the commanders and that's because Carson Wentz played at his alma mater North Dakota State and his favorite other team is Penn State and they have Jahan Dotson who had two touchdowns in his rookie debut what about it Hoke you're wrong I think Detroit's gonna win the game wow there it is that's it it's good I think I this is gonna be one of the more fun games to watch for the week though I think you're gonna see a lot of points I think it's gonna be a wild one but I would I think if this was in Washington, I'd probably be taking these dreaded commanders. But uh, at home, I, I think Detroit's going to get this one. I like DeAndre Swift, and he had a big game, 144 yards and a touchdown, three receptions for 31. So, Chris Wynn and all four of us are on your Detroit Lions. Let's take care of business. See Wynn. Live up to that last name for once, will you, please? Uh, Colts and Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence and the boys at home. Look, they played a pretty good game against the Commanders. They had a chance to win. Christian Kirk, great debut. Six receptions, 117. Zay Jones, six for 65. Devin Lloyd 
out of Utah. The rookie, 11 tackles, eight of them solo. Mark, I'll start with you. The Jags at home against the Colts, who were fortunate to scramble back, get the game to 20-20. Now, they missed a game-winning field goal in overtime, but when you're down 20-6 to in the fourth quarter against Houston, I guess you are kind of fortunate to get that tie. Michael Pittman Jr. had a big game. Jonathan Taylor, his usual self. And uh, Matt Ryan statistically didn't look too bad, but uh, your take on this one, Colts at Jacksonville, and the Colts a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They went there last year needing to win to make the postseason. They lost, got buried in that last game of the year. What about it this game, this game here? I still like the Colts, but I, I don't know if I'd take points. I think it'd be a, a money line bet for me. It, 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 this is going to be another interesting game. I, you know, Jacksonville is definitely improved from what we saw of week one, but of course it's a week one game. We can't get too much into that. I, I just think the Colts are a more talented team. Take Colts. Andy? You know, Frank Reich has to start feeling a little bit of the heat. Uh, uh, he's failed to cover five his five opening season games, often against weaker opponents, including this Jacksonville team two years ago when they last lost outright as a very high-priced uh, favorite. This week was their best opening week since Frank Reich joined the team. They actually had a tie. Uh, so there's some pressure on him, and maybe Frank Reich is going to turn out to be one of those guys like a North Turner who's a great offensive coordinator but just doesn't have it as a head coach. Uh, having said that, this is a spot where I would expect Indianapolis to, uh, uh, to bounce back. This is a team considered to be, well, many people had them winning the AFC South this year, if not contending with Tennessee, uh, I think they have to win this game to avoid an 0-2 start, well, an 0-1-1 start, and at least gain some confidence from a team that has been their bugaboo, really, over the last few years. I, I'll, I'll lay the three and a half, may even, might likely buy it down to three because you can't really trust them, but this is a spot that says we see one of Indianapolis's better better efforts of the year. Crave? Yeah, <clears throat> I like to look at home dogs, but I can't get on the, the Jaguars here, so it'll be a pass for me. I, Jonathan Taylor running the ball, and uh, uh, they're just the better team, but I, I don't like the lay points. Uh, I don't like the lay points, and I don't like the Jaguars in this situation, so I'm out. All right, the Bucks and the Saints, and the Saints have beaten the Buccaneers seven straight times in the regular season. Did lose a couple of years ago in a playoff game when they played three times in that year, and the Saints come off a big-time fourth-quarter effort to get past Atlanta by a point. Very fortunate to win that game, Mariota, and the Bucks had it. And if Mariota doesn't fumble there in the fourth quarter when they're in scoring position, uh, Falcons should have won that game, but they let it get away and give the Saints credit because Jameis Winston started airing it out. He really struggled in the first two and a half quarters, had nothing throwing-wise, was sacked four times. Taysom Hill gave him a spark. Uh, Jarvis Landry, outstanding game coming over from Cleveland, seven receptions, 114. And Michael Thomas, my goodness, back in a Saints uniform, had a couple touchdowns. Tyran Matthew made his debut. And Pete Werner, 13 tackles, 12 of them solo shots. Uh, Mark Oak, let me start with you on this one. Saints against Brady and the Bucks, who looked dominant as heck against Dallas, gave up that field goal to Dak and the boys. But after that, Dallas looked as anemic as I've ever seen their offense look. They were absolutely atrocious. Leonard Fournette ran through them like nothing. Uh, Devin White, Antoine Winfield, Levante David, they all came to play. And i uh, got to give the uh, Buccaneers credit. They had four sacks, seven tackles for loss. You're taking this one. Buccaneers minus two and a half at New Orleans, 44 the total. Um, I am staying with Tampa Bay, but I think this is going to be a pretty low-scoring game. My my concern with Tampa last week was they were getting field goals and not touchdowns. That was really surprising to me. They were they should have blown the Cowboys' doors off, and they didn't do it. But two very good defenses. I think this will be a low-scoring game, but I'll stay with Tampa. Andy? 
I'll probably go with Tampa if I play the game again. This is not one of the more attractive games for me anyway on the Sunday card. Uh, you mentioned the difficulty that uh, Tampa has had under Brady going against uh, uh, against the Saints and Tampa Bay overall has had difficulty going against the Saints. But I'm wondering now, the combination of now a couple of years without Drew Brees and now the first year without Sean Payton, maybe this is the time when Tampa Bay's talent is coached to a victory. We still have to see how Todd Bowles is going to be again. Not all that. It wasn't terrible with the Jets, but we, we see a lot of these coaches when they come around a second time really show improvement. Criv, yeah, uh, this is a- I was going to say, Criv, like like me, uh, you went through a divorce. Is Brady going through a divorce? How much will that affect him uh, off the field? I mean, is this God, something? I forgot to pick up yeah. my People magazine at the grocery store. Yeah, you missed it. I, I did save your inquiry. It's over yeah. there in your box over there. But yeah, right. and, and ripping a scab off, too. Very yeah. nice. <laughs> exactly. Uh, listen, I, I, let's get back to the uh, yeah. uh, the half pension. No, I mean, uh, let's get back to the uh, this game. <laughs> uh, well, who do you like in this? I got you, Wade. I got you. I you know, here's a home dog I do like, though. This is one of the few this week that kind of caught my eye. I know there's history here with the Saints, recent history, handling Tampa Bay. I heard Brady's post game. He's already he was already looking ahead to playing the Saints, uh, uh, and he didn't seem all that confident. But I'm sure that'll change. But I like the Saints here a little bit. I, I'm going to need three. I think I'll be able to buy three. It's you said it was two and a half. Now there was plenty of three out there before. I'm I'm a little concerned that the Saints are a popular home dog here, and I I don't know if I'll be waiting till kickoff on this game. But I think Brady's missed time in the in the preseason. I'm I'm concerned with that in the you, early part of the year. You know, you miss, you sort of alluded to some marital difficulties that have been reported for Tom Brady, and so people would naturally, instinctively, oh, that's going to affect his play on the field. Well, actually, it might enhance his play on the field because it's the one place where he can forget about everything else except football and do what he does best. Not saying that's going to happen, but it is something worth considering going against what common perception may be. I thought you were going to say because his wife makes more money than him that he's not worth worried about losing half the pension he may actually gain money in the long run she Second makes more thought. money than he does that's what i'm saying yeah so it's not not a bad thing Crib. you just there you, go. you, you screw up i didn't up have that you, situation yeah, well next yeah. time you'll figure it out yeah I know, it's called yeah. prenup uh jesus it's unreal Crib's you're tough so, wow so hard to find good help here you gotta have thick skin uh, in this business Wayne, <laughs> you got a spot on the mark hoke show <laughs> it does, it does. Hey, you'll need one i'm yeah. good i'm and by good. sunday you I should still, be able to redeem yourself i sunday need morning. a couple winners i'll you're be not fine. up at 8 a.m but other than that you know you'd be able to make that show and uh definitely increase the ratings there uh patriots and steelers <laughs> Uh, it's no longer Heinz 57 field. How about this one? How about Sorry. Patriots minus two and a half? Krivsky, I'll stay with you. 40 and a half. No T.J. Watt. What game we talking about? It's Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh at home against New England. Yeah. He's <laughs> having flashbacks over there. I'm right there with Pittsburgh on this. this. This line looks funny to me. I don't understand New England favored on the road uh, I, in this situation. I, I don't completely trust Mitch Trubisky, but he wasn't. All that bad last week, I guess. He didn't turn it over much, I don't think. Uh, maybe one. Nope, none at all. None at all. So it was a clean game there. I like Pittsburgh's defense. I don't understand New England favorite on the road, so I might be involved here with the home home dog Steelers. Still got Minka Fitzpatrick leading that defense, Andy Isco. And Mac Jones banged up back-wise, but the uh, results of the X-rays negative, so he'll be back at the helm, I believe. Uh, Damian Harris not a bad game. Jonu Smith, they'll need more from. Jacoby Myers was their leading receiver. Nelson Aguilar's got to do more. But this Patriots team, I, I picked them to go 8-9, and nine, and I'll stick with that. 
Well, you know, Mac Jones, you mentioned about the injury, but he he missed practice today, and I think the reason given was illness, which is usually more than Bill Pelichick's bluff. Uh, would normally give normally I think he'd say something like excused absence regardless of the reason but uh, it could be that that combined with the back issue may mean he's not at 100 percent but I wasn't impressed really with either team offensively last year uh, last week rather so my first thought in this game is under the total don't know if it'll ever get back up to 41 it's at 40 and a half right now but this game has uh, uh, the makings of a 17-13 type game don't really understand why New England is favored. Is it a reaction to the absence of T.J. Watt being out now for the season for Pittsburgh? And you mentioned uh, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, who really was all over the ball last week against uh, Cincinnati. Um, I, I'm going to see if there's any movement in this game, but at plus two, I'll take part of the plus two and part of the money line on Steelers. Mark? I think the only thing i do on this is the under. It, I, I just don't think Pittsburgh is a good team. Yeah, they you know, Joe Burrow got picked off four times, but you know that's one of those games where I think it was more what Cincinnati didn't do than what Pittsburgh did. I just, I just don't like either of these teams. I think New England's a mediocre team, so I, I think I would just be looking at the under more than anything else. All right, big game here in Vegas. KT will be there, and uh, Raiders best take care of business if they want to get back to the postseason. They lose this game. They've got to go to Tennessee, home against Denver, and to KC on a Monday night. First five games, I said they had to go three and two. That was my feeling. They lose that game to the Chargers. I look at the way the Chargers played tonight, and they had many opportunities to get interceptions on Mahomes and sacks. They did not get. They lose the game. Uh, The Raiders held the Chargers to seven points on their home field in the second half last week. They lose the game by only five points, and I say only, and that's because they gave up six sacks, and they also had three interceptions. So for them to be that close and have a chance to actually win the game at the end, I think the Raiders are going to take care of business. I'm not sold on this Cardinals team. I don't think the weapons are there. Hopkins is out. No more Christian Kirk. Edmonds is gone. I mean, I just don't see it. You've got, you know, Hollywood Brown coming over, but he didn't have a great game. And, you know, if Kyler Murray's going to stay back and Kingsbury's going to let him sit there in the pocket where he can't see over all these defenders, I think the Cardinals are going to struggle mightily. I think the Raiders are going to blow them out by 20-plus. Mark, your, your take on this one. Raiders right now are minus 5.5, up from 2.5, 51.5 the total. Oh, jump on the Raiders. Oh, my God. The Cardinals are not a good team, and I just – I still sit here and hear everybody making excuse for this team. They're not good. They're not good. They're they've lost so many people. They're just this this is a team that I think they're going to be lucky if they win five or six games this year. I think the Raiders blow them out. All right, good stuff, Andy Esco. I got six on the Cardinals earlier today when it appeared for a little bit of a time. Uh, Raiders, I think seven or eight games they won last year by, I think, six points or less. So they could easily have been, instead of 10 and 7, they could have been 5 and 12 last year. But uh, so, so I'd say their true value is probably somewhere in the middle, 8, 9, 9, 8. Uh, Arizona started the season 7-0 last year. And everything fell off, but they did win their first seven games on the road last year, spread out uh, for much of the season, and I think they lost one of their late regular season games and then their playoff game, uh, and they had another road win in there. Uh, I just think it's too many points, and given the state of the Raiders' defense, uh, yeah, they've made some nice additions. Chandler Jones, of course, trading teams. I just think that's too many points given the defense uh, to, uh, to to lay, to lay for, uh, for the Raiders. And at the same time, we talk about overreactions. Well, of course, 
when you have a blowout win or a blowout loss, there's a tendency to be an overreaction as opposed to a team that you know maybe is favored by 10 and wins by three. You're not going to have that much of an overreaction, but you are when you're going to have a blowout. And I think we're seeing that with the uh, with the Raiders. We saw that in the uh, line move. That line move, I don't think necessarily from what you say, two and a half up to five and a half. I don't think that was a line move on the Raiders. I think that was a line move against Arizona. I think it was a combination, but yeah, the Raiders, again, did not play a great game against the Chargers, but when you hold that high octane offense to seven points in the second half and shut them out in the fourth quarter to give yourself a chance to win, I think that came into play as well. Criv, your take on that one, Raiders yeah. now five and a half. Yeah, I think Andy made some good points on the game. I, I can't I can't get on Arizona on the road here. I, I think Vegas wins the game somehow. Uh, uh, I think they they can cover that number. I'm 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 kind of in on the Raiders here. Um, I certainly couldn't take uh, couldn't. I'd have to. Yeah, I can't take the the Cardinals. For, for, All right, Bear, Bears and Packers. I'll spit it out. We saw the Pack uh, last year uh, get off to a horrendous start, getting blown out. Rogers looking horrendous in that first game, but they bounced back nicely, and he got another MVP. They're at home against the Bears. Bears in the inclement weather. Come back 10 nothing down against the 49ers. Find a way to win. Packers are minus 10. Don't know if I want to lay 10, but I do expect them to win uh, on a seven-point teaser maybe. Yeah, but you take it down to three, and you could still get burned. I'm going to stay away from the game. I'll respect that the Bears are uh, at least confident moving forward, but I expect the Packers to take care of business. 41 and a half is the total. Mark Oak, I'll start with you on this one. Pack minus 10, 41 and a half. That's Sunday a night against the Bears. A lot of points, but... I really think Green Bay is going to bounce back. Um, ten. You know what? Go for it. Go for it. I think the Bears suck. <laughs> the good old song. The Bears still suck. Okay, uh, Wayne Krivsky, you you take on. Yeah, this I'm a, I agree. I, I see Aaron Rodgers bouncing back too this week. I, I can't. Uh, I don't trust the Bears at all, and I, I think it's a pack big in this game. All right, there is a good chance that there's going to be rain there Sunday night, which uh, helped the Bears out last week, Andy. Yeah, can't take too much out of that game from uh, from Sunday with the Bears against the 49ers in those conditions. Uh, Green Bay was expected to struggle a lot. In fact, Green Bay went from a two-and-a-half-point favorite, I think, on Friday to a two-point underdog on Sunday at Minnesota, and the game played out the way a lot of people thought. What I took out of the postgame situation was Aaron Rodgers' comments. You remember about three, four weeks ago, he was really dissing his uh, young wide receivers. Well, he sort of uh, uh, had their back in the game, in his post-game comments on Sunday, so, so sort of building up their confidence a little bit. Uh, even if you ignore that, it's a good spot for for the Bears to bounce back. You pointed out last year they lose opening game. It was a game that was moved from New Orleans to Jacksonville. Saints beat the Packers 38-3. to Following week, I believe, was also on Monday Night Football. They beat uh, Detroit by at, at home by something like 20 points. So I could see something similar happening here. I, uh, I haven't played it yet, but uh, it'll be for the Packers or pass for me. All right, Jacksonville, 76% chance of rain against the Colts. 10-mile-an-hour win. San Francisco at home, Levi Stadium against Seattle. 85% chance of rain, 10-mile-an-hour winds there. So the Niners, two games in a row in the rain. Uh, there is a 42% chance of rain there at Lambeau Field, the Sunday night game with the Bears coming in, and a big chance there, 62% uh, chance of rain there in Buffalo for Tennessee and Buffalo. It is a doubleheader, and we'll start real quick, Mark Coke, with you. Tennessee at Buffalo right now. The Bills, pretty good-sized favorites against a team that thought that they had one wrapped up last week, and not the Tennessee Titans, but the uh, New York Giants never quit, came back and won that game. In this game right now, the Bills, 10-point favorites, 48-and-a-half. Take it. Tennessee is another team that I think a lot of people are overreading. I just, 
I just don't see this team being able to score a lot of points, and uh, I think Buffalo's going to run them out of the building. An extra rest there for Buffalo from that Thursday night opener, Andy. Yeah, a little bit of an overreaction because Buffalo looks so dominant against what I still think is a very good Rams team. They just didn't show it last week. Um, it'd have to be Buffalo or pass. I was not – first of all, they were playing a, what I still consider a weak Giants team last last week, and they managed to uh, give up a 13 nothing lead and then a late lead as well. Uh if Buffalo plays an average game, they are capable of uh, covering this number. I'm not that confident right now in Tennessee. They're going to have to correct a few things. Craig? Yeah, I'll be using Buffalo probably in some kind of money line parlay. I, I, uh, I'm i not going to lay the 10, though, but uh, we'll match them up with someone and get a W. And Mark Hoke, I'll ask you since you're the big Eagles guy. Eagles minus two. It's the later game Monday night against the Vikings, 49 and a half the total. Oh, I that was two, two and a half. You said two. <sighs> Eagles minus two. Man, I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the Eagles. Uh, I think Minnesota kind of played out of their minds a little bit last week. Should be a pretty good game, though. I mean, I'm not going to be surprised either way. But yeah, I'll, I'll take, I'll take the Eagles on that one. Criv, uh, Major League Baseball, real quick. Uh, I don't that, get to talk on that one. No, you do okay. not. No, I'm, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> only have a few minutes, only because of my faux pas. No, we're getting to baseball. Uh, yeah, exactly. Go. Save three minutes for baseball for Wayne Krivsky. <laughs> wow. Great to, hey, listen. <laughs> and you look, you know, you wouldn't have but one of those minutes if Isco comments on the on the uh, Eagles and Vikings. Wouldn't even get that one. <laughs> Criv, what about it? Mets a one got? game lead over Atlanta. Who wins the NL East? I've been saying the Mets all year. I'm going to stay with them. But final uh, answer. Final answer. Right. Yep, they're going to get Scherzer back here this weekend or Monday. He's pitching, so uh, they're going to get through this rough patch and be just fine. All right, uh, you're still holding Pat on those White Sox to catch the Guardians three games uh, back now. No, I like Cleveland. I think they're going to hang on, but Chicago's got a schedule where they got teams that that, that are ahead of them that they uh, they got to beat. They've been playing a lot better with uh, with Cairo kind of stepping in there for Tony Larusa, and teams kind of responded. I think and and. Uh, they got a shot. Lance Lynn's really pitching well. Andy Yankees holding off Toronto six and a half ahead, seven ahead of Tampa Bay. But what about Mark Hoke's Orioles? They're four and a half games behind Tampa. They'd lose a tiebreaker there. So really five games back of Toronto. They do still have a bunch of head-to-head games, I believe six, with the Blue Jays. Can the Orioles make one more run? Uh, they'd have to win five out of six against Toronto. I think four out of two. Four and two in that series won't be enough. Mark? I agree with that. It's the Orioles have a really tough schedule to wrap up, and they do have Detroit, but they've got to play. I think so. They've got a four game set against Houston, fortunately at home, but they got to play the Yankees, Red Sox, the six against the Jays. Oh, it's going to be tough. By, yeah, they by got the way, thir- thirteen a, out of their last twenty against teams a question, over five hundred. A yeah. question for you, Wayne. I've been impressed with this Baltimore rotation over the last two months. There's some nice young uh, talent that's been delivering. This could be. Uh, we're all talking about the offense. Going forward, I think the pitching has some yeah. positives. Yeah, forget Grayson Brad, Rodriguez coming Brad, up too. Yeah, Bradish has pitched well. You got uh, Kramer's done fine, uh, and they've done this without Zimmerman and Means and Grayson Rodriguez on the horizon. So there's some bright spots in Baltimore. They've had a hell of a year, no matter how it turns out. It, it it's up. They're they're against it right now, four back, and uh, they got 13 of their last 20 games against teams over 500. So it's not going to be easy, but they've had a hell of a year. Crave real quick in the uh, in the next minute. Milwaukee four games behind Philadelphia for that final wild card. Can they catch them? Because you said their schedule. I think they're two behind the pods. Yeah, two no, behind the pods. Uh, 
Aren't they two behind San Diego? No, the uh, Padres. Uh, oh yeah, they they yeah. Padres are twelve games over. Uh, right. I think they're they nine. Can... They're actually a game and a half behind the Padres. Yeah, Padres lost tonight, and uh, Milwaukee's got an easy. They got the easiest schedule here coming up. Uh, uh, they've got ten games. Let's see. They got they got the Mets and the Yankees. They got though, the back tough to trip back. to New York. Yeah, they go to New York. And they got Cincinnati for four. Arizona, Miami. Uh, I think they can catch the Padres. Uh, they're playing a little bit better here lately. Uh, it's going to be an interesting race. That's a tough call. There you go. By the way, Sea Win letting us know the Vikings are going to win thirty-one-seven. I'll be running to the window on the Eagles as soon as the show is over. Uh, <laughs> Remember that W stands for wrong. Yeah, I, I, I'm all over the Eagles anyway at Monday. Uh, no Santa Claus, no ice balls. It'll be good to go. He'll, be, he'll take care of business there. Uh, Mark Coke, real quick, you got the uh, the final say here as far as uh, your Oreos, man. Are we going to hear some magic music tomorrow? Oh, I'm sure there's going to be some magic tomorrow. But like I said, this is going to be a, a very difficult time for them to catch up with. You know, Toronto and Tampa don't have easy schedules either. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun finish. All right. The archive's coming up in about an hour. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Facebook, all there. Thanks to Angelo. Thanks to the panel here, Wayne Krivsky, Andy Isco, Mark Hoke, and to you the listeners. Folks, you know the rules here on a throwback Thursday and tomorrow, of course, the Friday football fiasco with Ken Thompson and Brad Powers. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas Sports X Radio, 101.5 on the FM side, 720 on the AM side. I've enjoyed it. Folks, have a great evening. Live from the PSBR Law Studios, this has been Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. God bless, folks. Have a great evening. Good night, everybody.